Jesus, your goodness, Lord, your grace. Uh, where two or three are gathered, God, you said you'll be in the mix of us. Uh, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your power, Lord, your love, oh God, everything you do, Lord. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. God is great. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have brother and sister Toastad with us today. Amen. Our missionaries. Amen. Praise God. It's good to see everybody at the house of the Lord today. We're going to get right into our lesson. I will take up our Sunday school offering. Amen. God bless the Sunday school offering this morning. As Brother Miller come, we're letting him sit today because you know he had knee surgery the other day. And so you got to keep him in prayer so that he's wise as a serpent and harmless. Let's as a dog. <laughs> Amen. God bless us. Praise the Lord, saints. Always good to be in the house of God. As I always say, I'm glad for what God is doing. I'm truly glad to be here. I said a couple of weeks ago, I say it again. Every opportunity to come into the house of God, it's I take it as God inviting me to his house and into his presence. And so I consider that a privilege, amen, to be able to be here. Amen. So glad for all of you. The toast as being with us today. Had a good short conversation with them yesterday and learned a lot in that small conversation about where they are. And I'm looking forward to what they're going to share with us today. Amen. Just to take a moment, we're going to continue with our discipleship class here talking about ministry. And so all of you know, we've been talking about putting life back into perspective, and it is very important. A lot of things have been taken out of perspective, taken out of order today. And um, I believe it is necessary, especially for the people of God, to be able to see things properly see things the way God wants us to see them. Amen? So that is important. Amen. I know the chairs up here. I was not planning on sitting, but um, <laughs> this is a little awkward. But uh, we're going to continue on anyhow in Jesus' name. And so uh, talking about ministry, we we brought out last week about you know, the different establishments, a cook, uh, having a kitchen or having a restaurant with no cook is, is no good. Having a, a car shop without a mechanic is no good. Having a hospital without a doctor is no good. And these establishments require these certified personnel to be able to carry out those functions. But they cannot be successful on their own. They have to have help as well. And so you've got waitresses and waiters and you've got nurses, administrative clerks, you name it. You've got all these different functions and offices within that establishment to help them be successful. Now, ultimately, each establishment, are, all of these uh, professionals um, are required to do one thing. Their primary responsibility is to serve the need of others. The hospital is to serve the need of others. You imagine if the only ones they service is themselves, 
You know, doctors working on doctors, working on each other, working on nurses, and, you know, that's their only function is to work on one another. How effective would they be? Right? And where would everybody else go that needs the doctors, that hasn't, you know, gone to school and gotten a degree and gotten all the studies and all the information? Where would they go to get help? Right? If the car mechanic, if the car shop only worked on their own vehicles, where would everybody else go? I'm working on my two vehicles today. Tomorrow I'm working on my cousins and, you know, and so on and so forth. And in the meantime, your car is not running. But you are not certified, nor do you have the knowledge to be able to fix it. Right? And I will be the first to tell you, I'm not a chef. So I'm glad for the restaurants. I mean, I got a chef at my house, you know. Thank God, God has blessed me with one. That's, you know, not everybody has the privilege of, of having one, but uh, God has blessed me with one, so I'm grateful for that. Amen. But if I had to survive on my own, I probably had to go to school real quick. If all the restaurants served was themselves. So what about the church? If all the church members served themselves, where would the people that need to know, where would they go? No one to help them because the church is too busy taking care of themselves. And can I take it a step further? If you constantly falling and someone's having to constantly minister to you and you have the Holy Ghost, something is wrong. Shouldn't have to keep picking you up out of the mess that you keep falling in when you say you have the same power. Is this all right? Really, though, this is so important. I mean, it really burns in me. We say that we have power. We believe this. The Word of God tells us that when we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive what? Power. Amen. So if we have power, you know, there's, there's nothing to say there's degrees of power that you get when you have the Holy Ghost. We confuse offices and the power of the Holy Ghost. You can operate in the Holy Ghost whether you're a pastor or not. I thought I was talking to a mature audience. Really? I'm not, you know, and, and again, I, I don't take anything away from the pastor. I really don't. I reverence the man of God, you know, and I believe it's necessary. It's biblical. You know, God put that in place. <laughs> but by no means did he mean for us to just put everything on the man of God. He calling him at midnight for to pray a prayer for you. You can pray a prayer yourself if you need healing. It says call for the elders, yes. But let the man of God sleep. If you can pray a prayer for yourself, pray a prayer for yourself. This discipleship, y'all. You know, I can see if we're talking about babes, we're talking about people that haven't been in church for, but we've been in church for a minute now. Amen? There's no good to sing all these fancy songs and, 
you know, all the other things that we do and then we don't exercise what we say we have. Amen? Listen, I just told you, these establishments cannot be as successful without everybody in place. I just got a job at Arby's, and I will tell you what, I recognize how important the cashier is. They have zone duties, they got all this other stuff, and guess what? From time to time, when I'm not doing cashier, ringing up people's orders, I go out there on the floor, I'm wiping down tables to make sure they stay clean, I'm picking up trays from when people use them, taking out trash, making sure the bathroom stalls are, you know, stocked with. So, I realize it's, it's an important job. The manager can't do all that. Trust me, I watch the manager. And when we get busy, they trying to hold it down, but, it pays to have some other folks helping. So what about the man of God? He's preaching, he's sweating blood and everything else, trying to help the people, encourage the people, encourage the body of Christ. Who's encouraging the man of God? Not by what you say. People talk is cheap. I love you, man of God, but then you won't get up when it's time to help. All right. I'm not trying to be ugly, y'all. I'm just telling the truth. So we recognize this. We all have, we all have or had jobs at some point in time in our lives, and we recognize how important it was to do our job. Because otherwise we would get fired. Right? So why not the same in the church? Do your job. Amen? Do your job. But part of the problem is people don't know their job. So we're talking about ministry, right? Putting things in perspective. you got to know your job before you can do it. What do they do when you first get get a job? They train you, right? Every job I know, they have an orientation, then they have training. So you become proficient on whatever it is you're supposed to do. When you come to the house of God for a, uh, for a length of time, you know, at first you may not be able to go out and teach home Bible studies or whatever the case may be. But after a while, you should at least be able to tell them about the plan of salvation. That home Bible, listen, I've spent, anybody know that, that uh, there's a, um, a pamphlet, was supposed to be one hour Bible study. Into his marvelous light. I have yet to teach that in one hour. With all the home Bible studies I've been able to teach, and I love it, I enjoy it. But I, I have not been able to teach that in one hour. And it's, you know, it, because, I mean, you got different groups of people come from different walks of life. You, you know, in the church, we could tell people, turn your Bibles to so-and-so, and you, you figure most of, the, most of the people know where to turn to, hopefully, right? It's only 66 books. <laughs> but you're dealing with new folks that don't know. They'll be asking questions like, where is such and such, and how do I learn how to... Before you know it, you start talking about simple things like, how to remember the Bible, books of the Bible. You start rehearsing stuff like that. And it's simple to us, 
But remember, if you read the beginning of it, it talks about walking out of darkness into the marvelous light. And you first wake up, if you've, if you've ever been in a dark room, you first wake up and you walk out into the sunlight. Woo! You be blinded, right? Those of y'all that have been to bars in your former life, you slept in. And the time you woke up and the sun was out and you was like, whoa. That's how sinners feel. Walking into the light. Like, man, this is overwhelming. Y'all all right? Some of y'all look at me like I'm crazy. I told you I'm not worried about people like me now. The word of God is the word of God. But this is important stuff to know. See, we, we have the same, you know, and, and it may not go this way, you know, there's different, different places you go, but we always talk about when you go into combat, a lot of times it's the simple things, it's the small things that get people killed. It's the small things that's taking casualties in the church. We make this grand old stuff, you know, we put all the grand stuff together, you know, but sometimes it's the small details that's taking the most casualties. So we got we to gotta stay on those things, amen? Paying attention to detail. But in this thing called ministry, <clears throat> everybody is important. Again, the primary responsibility of every employee is to serve the need of others. And guess what? When you're calling to the body of Christ... Your mission is to serve. That is your mission. Jesus Christ himself said what? I came to serve, right? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I understand, you know, I'm, I'm, yes, I have a kingdom. I understand where my place is, but right now, my job is to serve. We all know we're going to heaven at some point. We believe that. We hope so. But until we get there, we got a job to do. For the church, our service is to make ourselves fully available to Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we read it last week. I'll recite it again, but it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, what? By the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your bodies, right? Present your whole self, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable. Guess what ministry is defined as? Service. So you are doing your work, and part of your work is to submit yourself or make yourself fully available to God so he can use you. Amen? Jesus Christ, his position is God. That's who that is. Jesus is God. So there's no ambiguity. We already talked about that a couple weeks ago. Everybody knows that in here. And he is the employer of the church. He's the one that employs. He is the head and we are the members. 
So last week we talked about how important the head was and the head, everything, you know, that your body does, you know, I'm moving around and stuff, it's because the head is sending signals, you know, I want to move my knee, you know, the way I want to move it, but the head is saying, you, you lost your mind, you know, just, you need to refrain a little bit, you can't go out there and run and play basketball like you used to because there's something not right. So the head is keeping things in order. And that's what Jesus Christ does for the church. He is the head of the church, keeping things in order. So who's running the show? Y'all scared? Of, come on now, who's running the show? Jesus. Should be excited for an opportunity to say his name, right? Really? Y'all don't mind having a little fun in church, do y'all? God forbid we have fun spiritually. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, going from verse 4 to 31. I, I have a few passages of scripture I'm going to read because I know, you know, there's some that say, man, he teach, man, but how many scriptures he so I'm going to give y'all a load of scriptures today. All right. I figured y'all been reading y'all Bible through the week. Y'all, y'all good, right? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 31. Look at what Paul's saying here. Now there are diversities of gifts, different gifts, but what? Same spirit. And there are differences of administrations or offices, functions, vocations, but what? Didn't we just finish talking about that? Same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's to profit the whole body. And ultimately we are serving who? Jesus, right? For to one given by the Spirit, the word Excuse me, one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. They don't contradict one another. That's why when you get somebody to have a gifting in church, and if the, if the man of God say something, just because you have a gifting, you better make sure it's in the Spirit. Because if you're saying something false, the man of God has the right to shut you down. And it's not a personal attack against you. It's the spirit that you're allowing to operate. Y'all with me? One is given the spirit of uh, <clears throat> the word of wisdom, another word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit. Doesn't exclude the fact that we all have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's not what it's talking about. It's not exclusionary. All right? To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But, listen to this. All these worketh that one and the self same. 
dividing to every man, this is the spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. We are a part of the body of who? For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I like this next part. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body, I'm going to try to re- refrain myself here. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased who? You know what one of the problems is? One of the hindrances to ministry? We too busy looking for convenience. What's convenient for me? What makes me feel good? But the scripture clearly tells us it's not about us. It's to profit us, but it's not about us. It's to please who? See, if we keep that in mind, if we keep that in our focus, that's part of keeping things in perspective. It's all about Him. Everyone should be pointing to the head. Everything we do should be to the glory of the head, which is Jesus Christ. Whatsoever you find your hand to do, you do all in the name of Jesus Christ. Do with all your might, right? In the name of Jesus Christ, right? Whatever you do in word and deed, do all. Right? Everything that we do, every effort should be to glorify the name of Jesus. I'm going to get there. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more than those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. What did we just finish talking about from a corporate standpoint, right? Here's a scripture telling us the same concept. Every member is important, is necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, uh-oh, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Can I say this? Part of the reason why some folks don't engage in ministry is because they have secluded the ministry to just the pulpit. Well, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the preacher. I'm not a missionary. So I guess I really can't do anything in ministry. I can't minister. You can do the work that the missionaries are doing. In your own neighborhood. All they're doing is carrying out the word of God. They got different circumstances and scenarios that they face. 
But they're carrying out the same mission. Just in a different office. So why do you have to be the pastor to reach a lost soul? Why do you have to be a prophet to have an impact on somebody's life? Y'all seen it? I don't know if y'all seen it, but they got these things on there. You can become a bishop. You can become a prophet. Just pay $50 and we'll send you a certificate. We will show you the steps on how to be an effective prophet. (laughs) Foolishness. People will find any way to make money. Even if it means making a mockery of the church. You don't need an office like folks are just hungry for an office. I got a beast. I got to have something to my name besides just my name. They didn't call him Bishop Jesus. Just because of who he was. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? When you're baptized into Christ, you're put on Christ. You become a Christian, so guess what? You're a new creature just because of who you are. And who is in you. When you walk in a place, you don't have to have a title to it. But the power is still effective. Demons still got to flee at the name of Jesus. And if you bear in the name of Jesus and you walk in an atmosphere that ain't right, something has got to change. That's how real it is. That's how effective you can be without having a title. I say again, just so nobody leaves here confused. Me making these comments, I'm not downplaying any of the offices and the things that God has put in place. I'm just making that clear. Please don't take it the wrong way. But we need to understand as people of God that just because you don't have a title doesn't mean you can't be effective in the work of God. The world has become too spun up on titles. I'm going to go a little bit further. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care, see that? One for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Well, the man of God, he's a superhero, so he don't need no prayer. He don't need nobody, you know, encouraging him. He, you know, he got it all together, man. He don't, he good. And you never know. How far, pastor, be encouraged, I'm praying for you. I love you. You never know how far that will go. 
Keep that in mind. Because if one member suffers, same care one for another. Or, look at this, one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Can we get folks to just rejoice when God does something for somebody instead of looking for God, looking for a handout to? Why God didn't give me that new car? It ain't about you. Can you just rejoice? Man. Ten got the Holy Ghost when pastor preached. Zero got the Holy Ghost when I preached. We're still rejoicing. Did, you know, I know it's coming out funny, but it's... it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Word of wisdom, right? <laughs> Amen. Rejoice. And now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing, helps, helps, toilet cleaning, helps. God going to give us a house closer here. Helps. Governments. <laughs> diversities of tongues. Are all apostles. Are all prophets. Are all teachers. All workers of miracles have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Listen, he's saying the same thing I just said. So you don't have this gift. So you can't sing. So you can't pray. So you can't lay on the hands on the sick and recover, which of course, you know, I know the Bible does say that you receive power, right? And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So you do have giftings. But they all come from what? The same? See that? So the Spirit can operate through whom He will. However He chooses. He's the one that tempers the body. You know, it would be amazing if we just position ourselves for God to use us. We could see amazing things happen. But like we said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind because a lot of the reason why we don't accomplish anything for God like we should is because of the way we think. Our perspective on life. <clears throat> and specifically here, our perspective on ministry. Colossians 1, verses 9 through 16. I told you I got quite a few scriptures here. Y'all just bear with me. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Everybody should know these next two verses, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, right? Being what? 
being fruitful in the knowledge, or excuse me, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the Right? Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet. He's the one that made it possible to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. And also when we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins was the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and what? So who's it about? And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. In Him we live, <clears throat> we move, we have our being, right? And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. It is important to be a part of the body of Christ in order to carry out the ministry. In order to be engaged in ministry, we must first be called into the ministry. You don't choose this yourself. You do have a choice to make, but it's not your choice alone that makes you a part of this great work. Amen? In this context, when we talk about ministry, I'm not re- merely referring to leadership, but I'm referring to the entire work of God. First Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who had what? called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter also says in Second Peter first, uh, 1 and 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. That means you've got to do something. You've been called. What are you called to? Got to figure that out. So you make your election and calling sure, because if you do these things, what? What's the promise? You shall never fall. Why? Because you're fulfilling your calling. You're answering the call. That means you're engaged. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Vocation just means your job. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the... Here we go again. The Spirit, right? Operating in one Spirit. Okay? Keeping the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Ministry equals service. So if ministry equals service, that means you've got to have somebody to serve. You've got to have a minister. And remember I told you, every member of the body of Christ is the... You're a minister. 
You serve. You're a servant. That's what a minister is. See what I talk about? We cannot keep minister and ministry confined to just a position. It's the entire work of God. Amen? It's to the saving of souls. Ministry is not just a program. It's not just a talent or a gift. It's not just an organization. Programs support the ministry. Talents and gifts contribute to the ministry. Organizations execute the ministry. But none of these alone make up the ministry. The ministry can be successfully carried out with or without these elements. So whether you have a program or not, the ministry can still go forward. We find it in the scripture. They didn't have programs for everything they did. See, I know I'm touching on the sore subject, but I'm going to have to go ahead because that's what God told me to do. Programs have their place in the ministry. They have their place in the church. So I'm not knocking programs. But when programs become the main focus, they have the potential risk of deviating from the purpose of the ministry. Too many church programs have been developed for the wrong purpose. Now I'm walking on needles here. Advertisement, solicitation, more emphasis on quantitative growth rather than qualitative growth. Programs designed to draw attention but not to the right individual. I developed this program to draw your attention to my organization. Because my church is the best on the block. You know why? We got it. You need it, we got it. Sound like a car dealership. <laughs> Whatever you're looking for, we got it. Now listen, that is true in Jesus Christ. And that's what the program should be pointing toward. Not to me. We got the best preacher and we do. But it's not drawing attention to him. He ain't trying to draw attention to himself. We got the best music. That's questionable. You know, folks go to church for these reasons. Really, I mean, and I hear it a lot. For me, you know, uh, you know, the preacher, he preached good. He just, you know, wasn't my style. Your style? Church has never been a style. It's always been out of style. That's why we continue to be persecuted. And music, you got to watch what you listen to. Music is influential. You got to watch it. I always tell my kids, you got to watch because there's a source behind the music. But the truth be told, the devil is only mimicking what he got from the original source. He just contaminated it. 
So rock and roll in its purest essence. Now don't get me wrong because I don't want nobody leaving here grabbing your old records. <laughs> I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying that in his purest sense, before it was contaminated, it was God's music. He used to minister in heaven before he was kicked out. So be careful what you listen to. But just know it's just the enemy's intent to try to mimic what God has already put in place. The best music is in the church. I don't care if all you know how to play is Mary had a little lamb. The best music is in the church. Everything else is an effort to duplicate what God has already established. Our young people need to know this. At our young people, I mean, my heart goes out because they are being captured. We talk about our young people being the future of the church, and my heart grieves because what is the church going to become? Especially if these young people don't get the right teaching. And brothers and sisters, we can't rely on the church to teach them everything. But that's a whole nother lesson. You know, programs again, programs are great, but they cannot be the central focus. That's number one. Number two, all programs are not necessarily meant to be acted upon all the time. Let me explain what I'm saying. Remember David? You remember David, right? King David? Before he was king, remember he was anointed to be king. I, I always go back to this. Whenever I'm thinking about timing and what God wants to do. The Bible says there's a time to every purpose. Amen? And it's all in whose time? God's time, right? God may give us something sometimes. But it doesn't mean that it's that point in time that we need to act upon it. David was anointed to be king years before he ever became king. You know what I love about the story of David though? Not only did he know he was going to be king at some point, but he continued to serve the king, the current king faithfully. Until God brought about. He was loyal. And you know why he was loyal? Not because Saul was so great, but because he reverenced the fact that God had put him there. And until God removed him, it was David's responsibility to submit to the leadership that was there. I love that. Some people become so, you know, so zealous. And they want to just... Act and engage, and, and that's, you know, it's good to have zeal, but you got to have some wisdom. Okay, God, you gave me this, so let me pray about it. Do you want me to do this now, or do you, when do you want me to do this? You know what? I'll wait on you, Lord. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing now until you bring about a change. Job said it well. <laughs> I'm going to wait till my change comes. Whatever that means in my life, I'm going to wait until my change comes. Amen? So know the timing. And then number three, 
All programs are not meant to last always. Now, I got to say this because there is a misconception that when you let a program go, that you're letting the ministry go. Remember what I just told you, programs support the ministry. But the ministry goes on whether you have a program or not. Sometimes it's wise to let some things go so that you can be effective in the other areas that God is trying to use you in. It is important to know that. When we were in Korea, this was one of the things that God dealt with me on. You know, we try to we try to do a lot. We want to do a lot of stuff. We had good ideas. But God dealt with me and said, okay, <clears throat> so I got to let some things go. I got to downsize. Why? So that I can become effective in reaching the people that, that are there, the needs that are there. I will tell you, it was, it was a growing process for me, but I'm thankful for it. Because he allowed me to understand some things about leading folks. And in, in doing that, sometimes, sometimes you're going to have to cut some strings. And sometimes you get to embrace and we watched. We watched it downsize. We also watched it grow. And it wasn't because we was trying to make it grow. It wasn't because we was trying to get more numbers. It just got to a point. I just continued to pray and say, Lord. And it wasn't that I was somebody great. But I just, I just believed, God, if you want this thing to continue, if you want this thing to prosper, you're going to give the increase. This is where the misconception comes in. Our efforts. You know you can have the greatest program in place and still not win any souls. It's God that gives the increase. Why am I bringing this up? Because, again, if we just start focusing on what God wants to use us to do and become effective in those areas, we'll begin to see things happen around us. And we'll recognize who's doing it. But the moment we try to do God's work and produce the increase, that's when we become detached from the very purpose. It wasn't about numbers. It's about souls being saved. The Bible says, Heaven rejoices over one that what? Repents. Why are you leaving with your head hung down because somebody didn't get the Holy Ghost, didn't get baptized, when heaven is still rejoicing because one soul did what? Putting things in perspective. We're too busy measuring ministry instead of just being engaged in ministry. Y'all all right? I, you know, I know this is a little rough. I got it. I understand. I'm just a young guy. But I believe God is trying to get a hold of the church and get us to understand that there is a work to do. Jesus said it well. He says the, the harvest is plentiful. There's not enough people working. Everybody's too busy, busy trying to grow more, grow more. But nobody's working to try to. God is looking for those who's willing to work. Not on your own accord, not on your own agenda, your own program. But according to his. Your talents, your gifts are good. But what is God calling you to work in? What is he calling you to do? 
Sometimes you're gifting. My talent, I can play instruments. That's great. What, God is, what is God calling me to do? Sometimes that's different. Organization I'm a part of, it's great. But is that the ministry in its enti- entirety? Just heard a testimony a couple of weeks ago about three groups that was at the conference that was able to come together. I mean, it's, there was a revolutionary moment. Three different groups that did not know each other who were able to come together and unite in prayer and in fellowship. What a powerful thing. And, and to my knowledge, from my understanding, they're still in contact. That's powerful. But if I'm all wrapped up in my organizational title and who I am as an organization, I'll miss that. Ministry is much bigger than me and you. It's all about God. And he wants to save souls. Amen? I got to cut it here. But God bless you. We're going to get ready for a dynamic service in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's take a 10-minute break.